Hey, Matt. Sorry about that. I, I was in over room. I don't know which room it was. I, That's okay. I on the link, but... No problem. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? Doing well. It's nice to officially meet you. Yeah, likewise. For people that are uh, going to be listening in the future, we'll just jump into it because uh, I started recording. I'll give Matt a brief intro. I met Matt on Twitter, I want to say maybe a little over a year ago. I found one of his posts about losing weight. I think it was around when you started entering Ironman competitions or maybe started training for Ironmans, but I was immediately drawn to how drastic your transformation was and just how vulnerable you were and how brave you were in sharing your story and a lot of the challenges that you had to overcome. It's a story that I was able to relate to a lot. I, I got to know you through what you were sharing over time, and uh, we interacted back and forth through DMs, and now we're here. Um, so my, my whole reason for wanting to interview you is because I, I think that what you're doing and how you've gotten yourself to where you are today is super inspirational. And uh, I think it's really important for people to hear your story and to hear how you overcame um, a lot of the challenges that you did, because I think that's sometimes the best way that people learn is hearing different interpretations, hearing different attempts. Um, and uh, the health journey is one that I've been on myself. I've lost over 80 pounds myself. Um, I think you lost around the same amount of weight. Correct me if I'm wrong. You lost that weight twice. Uh, three times. Three times. Right. Yeah. So that, that's a big deal. Before I lost that 80 pounds, you know, I would lose 20 to 25 pounds and yo-yo back and forth. I was never able to stay consistent. So when I saw you share that you lost weight multiple times and now have been able to keep it off and keep it off to the point where you're an athlete now, you're an endurance athlete. So I guess if you can start just by sharing your health journey, you know, how unhealthy you felt and what your experience was like being unhealthy and maybe just how you started, because I have a couple more questions I want to ask you, but if you can just share a little bit. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate the uh, chance to, to talk to you and, and, and to share my story. Um, I struggled with my weight for a long time, you know, ever probably since, I don't know, I was eight or 10 years old, you know, I started to get kind of fat and, you know, it was something that I really had a hard time transcending, you know, and for, I, like I said, I lost that same weight probably about three times, a um, bunch of other failed attempts in there as well. Like, like you said, you know, if you, if you count up my total weight loss is probably over 300 pounds, um, you know, but the difference is the first two times I lost the weight, I gained it back and I gained it back pretty quickly. The third time um, I haven't, and I'm going to be celebrating five years of, of maintaining my weight loss at the end of this month. Uh, so I think that puts me right into the outlier territory, right? You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's what they say. 95% of diets fail or whatever. Well, you know, um, they don't have to. And, you know, I'm, I'm proof of that. You're proof of that, you know? So I think everybody can, like you said, see from examples and say, you know, well, this isn't just a theory, right? Here are real people who are living real lives who are doing this. So, you know, if you're out there watching this and it's, you know, something that, that appeals to you, you know, know that, you know, we're real people, we've done this. Um, you know, we've had to deal with, you know, all the challenges of living a normal life of working, having families and friends and, you know, all the stuff that comes along with that, but it's, a, it's attainable for everyone. Um, and how I started my health journey was I just got, you know, I got kind of fed up with how I was feeling. Um, in, in my mid 20s, I really educated myself a lot about fitness and nutrition. You know, I would say my, my first weight loss success um, was in my teenage years. And I didn't do that in any kind of intelligent way. Um, back then, there wasn't a lot of information, you know, it was really in the, in the early internet era. Um, you know, you, you couldn't go onto Twitter and follow hundreds of knowledgeable people, you, you couldn't just just go onto YouTube and, and watch hours of, of informative videos and right. stuff like that, right. So you kind of had to figure this stuff out for yourself. And uh, I did it probably through starvation and lots of calisthenics. And, you know, I was 16 years old, all right. So I somehow managed to lose the weight, uh, gained it back again, because I didn't do it in a sustainable way. But in my 20s, I really educated myself. Um, 
I found a great resource. It was called johnstonefitness.com. And it was a guy who, you know, this was 2003 and he had this innovative technology called a digital camera. And he took a picture of himself every day through his weight loss. And believe it or not, this was a big deal, you know, 20 years ago that someone would lose weight and take a picture of themselves every day. And he put all the pictures on the, on his website and people accused him of faking this, of, of you know, saying he did it in reverse because they didn't think it was possible to have such success over 90 days, but he demonstrated you can do this. Right. So I educated myself about how to do this intelligently. And I thought, you know what, now my problem is solved, mm. right. Before I didn't know what I was doing, but now I have all this knowledge and great. I, I'm going to, I'm going to be successful. And this problem is behind me. Well, it wasn't because there's a difference between having knowledge and applying knowledge, right? So I had the knowledge, but I stopped applying it for, for various reasons. And, you know, this, this, this just kind of lingered inside of me for the next eight years while, you know, I struggled with, uh, I guess, other demons will say, right? And, you know, I've kind of come to understand that my journey is about a lot more than just fat loss. Um, mm. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's much deeper than that. And we can certainly kind of get into that. But, you know, at, at a certain level, the, the, eventually the part of me that wanted to be healthy, you know, took over. And uh, I've, been, I've been on that path ever since September the 8th, 2016. And I haven't looked back since. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I was to build off of that, what I was going to say was, I, I think I eventually got to a point where I said to myself, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like you said, I, I had some knowledge, I had an idea of what I could do. I was lifting weights with friends, but my diet was complete shit. My recovery was horrible. I wasn't mindful of any of that. But yeah, so, so I guess talk, talk to me about that moment mentally when you said to yourself, okay, like I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, how did you really see that in your head? Did you, yeah. Talk to me a little bit more about like, you know, your, the mental part of this and how it coincides with yeah. the physical. It happened over the span of a few days. And I mean, really it happened over the span of a number of years. And at that point, my, my problem became kind of alcohol, um, I had a hard time managing the alcohol with the fitness and, you know, you know, you, you can lose weight and drink, but it, to me, it never made much sense. Right. Because why are you going to put in all that work and right. you know, sacrifice and struggle just to go to the bar and drink it away. Right. You know, it doesn't make sense to do that. And I struggled with that for a long time, but you know, along the way I, I built momentum slowly, you know, I, I, I got a Fitbit in 2013 and I started walking 10,000 steps every day. Uh, I didn't lose much weight from that, but you know, it was definitely a, a great habit, a foundational habit for me that that really has carried me to where I am today. Um, but what happened was, you know, about two and a half years after I started walking every day, it was Labor Day weekend, 2016. I had a really rough weekend, uh, lots of drinking, lots of partying. You know, I just I, I felt terrible, and I, I realized I couldn't do it anymore. Right, I needed to, at the very least take a weekend off. I needed to take, you know, a, 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 at least let's say get like two weeks without drinking. Right. You know, right. I hadn't really done that in a long time. You know, it was pretty much, you know, I, I could go days without drinking, not a problem. I, I could even have like a beer and stop and it wasn't a problem, but I hadn't really gone like a whole week and weekend and the next week without drinking for years. Mm. Um, so I said, you know, I just got to kind of calm down and I got to take a break. Um, so then, you know, that week, it ended up being a transformative week for me. Uh, I had a lot of trouble sleeping. And the Thursday of that week, September the 8th, I was up early and I would go out for walks when I couldn't sleep, you know, or I'd be up early, it'd be 5 a.m. So I would just go out and walk and, you know, just, I don't know, think about things. And I've been doing that for a long time. I had the Fitbit, right? So I, I, right. I liked getting the steps and I was, I was out on the trail behind my apartment complex. It's a marked trail. And I just had the inspiration to... I'm going to run a mile. Right. And I, I, I hadn't run in years. Uh, I hadn't really done any kind of physical activity apart from walking in years, but I just challenged myself out there, you know, it was still dark. The sun was just coming up and I challenged myself to, to run a mile. And I was, I was at the, you know, you know, the one mile mark and I, I lived at the end of the trail. So I just started running and uh, somehow I dragged my ass through the mile. I, I didn't time it. I don't know how fast I did it. It probably wasn't very fast, you know, and uh, I somehow I did it. And what, I do you, what do you think made that thought pop up to, uh, to make so you do that? 
the night before, so there's two things. One is, I want to say about a week and a half before all this, I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Nice. And I had floor seats. And I think the amount of energy I was exposed to through that experience of just, you know, being four, you know, at a four hour concert, being, you know, 10 or 20 rows back for the whole time. The amount of energy I must've gotten from that must've been like something I hadn't experienced probably in a long time. Mm. So, so I, I think somehow the energy from that concert, you know, had something to do with either giving me energy or, or giving me energy. And then when I fell off again, you know, and then it was like, wait, it inspired you in some way. Yeah. Like, like you felt a lot better then, you know, versus now, like I, I wasn't even really drunk for it. You know, it was just so much energy. It just felt so good. So that was one. And then the night before I was reading this comic and I, you know, I, I could share it with you, but basically it's a comic about a guy who, who wastes his life. Mm. You know, and uh, I had read that the night before. I, I actually had forgotten about this for a long time, but I saved it in my camera roll and I read that comic the night before. And then so I, I guess when I was out there next morning, um, something triggered in me to, to, you know, see if I could run this mile. So I love that. I, I, I ran the mile and I did it. And, you know, it was a mixed bag of, of me feeling, you know, really euphoric that somehow I did this thing <laughs> that I didn't think I could do. And on the other hand, like I was in terrible shape. Right. And, you know, I was 34 years old and it shouldn't have been this challenging for me to run the mile. Now, again, I did a lot of walking, so I, I was in decent, you know, aerobic shape at this point. Right. But it was still a real struggle for me to do this. And I realized that, you know, I, I need to do more than just take a break from drinking. I need to finally solve this problem. I need to, you know, actually lose this weight that I've been, I've been, you know, dealing with this now for years of putting this off and wrestling with this. And now's the time to actually take on the problem, right? Mm. I'm, I'm solving, I'm solving this one problem. So I'm going to commit myself to solving those other problems. So I went back in the house and it was pretty much like an instant changeover. And that, you know, if you ask Courtney about it, right, she was pretty scared for a while there because it was almost like I was a different person because I really just kind of tuned into what I was doing in my mid twenties. Like I went back to, I guess, 2007 mode, just, just almost immediately because, and I just, you know, I, I was a machine and like a man know, possessed because, because I had learned how to do this. So I knew exactly how to do this. And, you know, for years I would hear people talk about losing weight and I would want to give them advice because what they were saying was wrong. And I knew that, but I was fat and, you know, I, I, I couldn't do that. Right. But, you know, once I, once I actually started doing this, right. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it was a lot easier than I did the first time I had my fitness pal, which was great. You know, back, back in the day, I was using a laptop and software called diet power and I was writing down index cards. And now I have it on my phone in my pocket all the time. Right. So, I just kind of became a machine. And, you know, I just, if, if you look at, at, at the graph of my weight loss, I lose. About I was, was going to say, I've seen you yeah. push the graph. It's a perfect 1.75 pounds per week. You know, it's uh, I'm aiming for two, but you know, it's 1.75 pounds per week. And I pretty much predicted the exact week that I would, you know, hit my goal. So, um, you know, it was pretty much an instant, instant changeover. And I just became really goal oriented and I wasn't going to stop um, until I reached my goal. So, so um, I like that you even brought up the fact that you're goal oriented because in reflecting on my own journey, I was even talking about this with friends recently, the balance between extrinsic and intrinsic goals. And I was trying to think about, you know, what, what motivated me at the very beginning when I ended up saying that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think I said to myself that, you know, once I am healthy, once my physical body is in good health, I'll mentally be happy. And I, I created that attachment to my happiness will come once my physical health is under control. And I think that was enough to, in that moment, like you said, there was just a spark. I, I felt motivated just to do something that would make me uncomfortable. And I lifted up a kettlebell that I bought that I didn't use for maybe, you know, six months mm -hmm. until uh, that day. And I started taking small steps, but I think my attachment to that extrinsic goal helped me to now eventually on my journey dive deeper into those intrinsic goals. Mm -hmm. So, um, so definitely your extrinsic goal was to lose the weight, but how did your extrinsic goals change over time? How did your intrinsic goals, like, you know, did you differentiate those early on or is that something that you are making more sense of now? I, I think I made more sense of it now, but I guess I, I didn't really, when I lost weight in the past, I never really found it to be completely fulfilling. So, you know, and, and that's, mm. that's part of, of what it, you know, that was part of the reason that I, 
I, I don't want to say gave up, but, you know, I, I fell off and I ended up gaining the weight back again because, you know, as, as a fat person, it's, it's easy to look at your physical condition and, and say, okay, if I can just solve this part, my life's going to be, be, be fixed. Right. And it's more complicated than that. And what, what I say now is, you know, for years I thought I was fat and I hated myself because I was fat, but it turns out that I was fat and I hated myself. Right. So, so it was really more the hating myself that caused me to be fat. than you know, the fat caused me to hate myself. Right. You know, so I had it backwards from the perspective I was in, but you know, I'm, I'm a visual person and it's really obvious to see, you know, it's a very visual representation of your problem, a visual representation of, well, at least for most of my life, how you were different from most of society. That's, that's probably changing now. And that's probably not a good thing either, but you know, so, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a visual thing and, and you, you feel different and, you know, you, you know, you think that, okay, once I solve this problem, it's going to be great. You know, girls are going to throw themselves at right. me, right. I'll, I'll look good, you know, and it's just not that simple. So, you know, this is part of the reason, I guess, why I found it unfulfilling after my my initial successes. Uh, but, you know, on some, on some level, I understood that, yeah, I have a lot of problems, right? But I need to get my physical health in order first. So I need to really buckle down, focus on this for, you know, a period of time, get this worked out, and then I can start to work on, on other aspects of, of, of my life. You know, I, I, I needed a new job at the time. Right. You know, but, and then, you know, there was the whole kind of mental and emotional aspect of it. Right. Which, mm-hmm. To me at the time was, you know, to, to borrow from uh, Donald Rumsfeld, they, those were unknown unknowns, right? <laughs> I didn't know I had emotional problems. I didn't know I had mental problems, right? And, and it's easy for me to look back on it now and say, well, you know, yeah, sure. If you just addressed these emotional problems, you, you could have did this differently, but I didn't know I had emotional problems, right? right? You know, I, I didn't even know what emotions were. I didn't really understand that. I was suffering from anxiety because that was just the way every day was, right? You know, like a chronic state, you know, like, like, like the fish in water, right? You don't see the water. So that was just, just the way I lived my life. So I didn't necessarily understand that I had all these other problems that I also needed to address, but, you know, you know, getting to the bottom of my physical health and then kind of keeping the journey going and keeping the self-improvement journey, you know, you, you know, going and, you know, learning about other aspects of, of, of it. And, you know, that's really helped me kind of to, to, you know, make a holistic transformation, I guess, of mm. not just losing fat and, you know, getting in, into a better state from a physical health standpoint, but also, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual health, you know, these other things that I didn't even realize were, were things. And now I'm like, okay, well now this is a key part of my transformation. And this is why I've, I'm able to, I guess, sustain it effortlessly now, whereas in the problem in in the past, it was so challenging for me to maintain it. Now it's not, but that's because I've, I've addressed the, the holistic problem and not just the one aspect of it. Mm. So um, that, that also makes me think about another question that I've been asking people or that I'll ask anyone just to get their opinion on. I don't know if there's a right answer, um, but I do think that, all right. So, so the question is, how do you get people off zero in cons- uh, considering their health journey? I, I don't think that we can help people get off zero or step zero or, or you know, that, that, uh, that first floor. Um, I think that's something that people have to do themselves first, uh, you know, whether that was my moment where I said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, or that was your moment that you just shared. But I think so many people are stuck at that zero level that they don't know how to take that first step to then maybe get that coach that could help them, or, you know, maybe to watch that video on YouTube to do that workout. Um, so what kind of first steps would you suggest to people to get off zero. Yeah, I I think you're right. But I think on some level, everybody also is motivated to improve their state, you know, because we, our bodies and our, our souls, you know, they, they want to be healthy. So I, I think being in an unhealthy state is, is, you know, almost kind of out of, you know, it's, it's not what it should be, you know, and on some level, I think everybody desires to lose weight or be fitter or be healthy. Um, you can deny that and you could, you know, 
suppress or, or even repress that, you know, subconsciously and, and not come to terms with it. But I think that is in there with somebody. And I, and I think everybody kind of has those thoughts, everybody who's not, you know, physically fit, you know, I think on some level desires that, but I think it's about starting small mm. and really just, you know, I, my approach for my coaching, I, I call it boulders, not pebbles, because it's about addressing the boulders and, you know, the, the things that will actually move the needle, that will actually be habits that will get you results and not worrying so much about all the minor details, right? And not trying to wake up one morning and follow a complicated regiment with 65 mm. different things that you're not going to be able to do. It's point. about, you know, so for me, I would say that was about walking 10,000 steps or more every day, right? You know, it, it didn't do a whole lot on day one or day 10 or even day 100. But, you know, I was building momentum. I, I started from zero, you know, and it's just, you know, it's, it's slow going at first and it doesn't no, have it's to a be compounding but, effect, but you know, have a compounding effect, you know, in, in hitting that step goal every day and getting the positive feedback from that, you know, and feeling good about yourself and oh wow, I did this for a hundred days in a row. Okay. Wow. I've did this every day for a year now. Right. And you start to feel better about yourself and you start to get slowly into a little better shape and, you know, things just start to kind of change. And, you know, it's just, it, it's building momentum. You know, if you're in a, in a negative spiral, you're, it's unrealistic to expect yourself to just pull yourself out of it immediately and start skyrocketing mm. upwards. Right. That's, that's just not how it works, but you gotta, you know, you, you just gotta start and you just gotta start doing something. You know, I, I think people who are unhealthy, you know, they have an, you know, they have a, 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 a lack of, of I want to say self-love on some level. And I think the way that you, the way that you, you fix that is by doing things that demonstrate love for yourself and treating yourself in such a way that demonstrates self-love because, talk is cheap. You can say all the affirmations you want about it, but if you don't, if you don't treat yourself in such a way that indicates you love yourself, then, then you're not going to buy that you love yourself because your actions don't, don't support those words. So, so if you just start doing things that, that demonstrate love or care for yourself, then you will increase your energy and you will, you know, start to start to gain some, some positive momentum and, you know, be able to build on that moving forward. But like you said, it's up to, you know, it's up to you to take that first step and it's up to you to, you know, you know, get out of the box and, you know, turn it around and, you know, type the words into Google or hire a coach or, you know, just go out and walk, buy a Fitbit, right. Download right. my fitness pal, start tracking your food, right. You know, you know, make better food choices, right? These are all ways you can do it, but you got to take that first step. And once you do, if you stick with it for a little while and you start to see some, some positive results, then you can pick something else. And then you can start doing that on top of that. Right. And then mm. as the weeks, months, and years go by, you can really kind of start to build a lot of momentum. Whereas now you can have, now I have a, a really complicated routine. Whereas if you would have showed this to me six years ago, I would have been like, I can never do all that. Like, that's crazy. What are you talking about? Right. So, but now it happens easily because this is just who I am. Right. It, and, and like you said, it's slow growth, slow compounding growth. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking with Ryan about that the other day too. And I asked them a similar question, like, you know, how did you start? How did you eventually sh make that shift? And the point that he was bringing up, um, I don't know if you can relate to it, was that he needed something bigger than him yeah. to, to work towards. He needed something greater. And um, he was always into sports. He was always athletic, he said. And um, he he started training like you did for um, longer distance races and he was still drinking sometimes on the weekend. And he said that it got to a point where he started enjoying his training enough more than the fear of missing out um, yeah. drinking on the weekend. And that's really when he started to let go of the drinking and sacrifice for his performance. Yeah. So uh, what's your take on that? Do you think that someone needs to have a clear thing that they're working towards that's greater than them uh, that they see on the wall every morning or can it be a little bit more abstract than that so i mean i don't i don't know if it needs to be that way i mean you know i would say when i started for real in 2016 i don't know that i did it for any reasons that I understood at the time that, that were greater than me, you know, but I think if, if you have a purpose, right. And I, I tell them, you know, my clients this all the time or people who ask me, well, how do you stay motivated? And, you know, like right. you're not going to stay motivated, right. Because motivation right. is going to be fleeting. It's going to come and go. But if your purpose, if your why for doing this is great enough, 
then you're going to do it, right? Because we all do things that we don't necessarily want to do every day, right? You, you, your alarm goes off, you get out of bed, you, you go to work, you go to school, you know, you, you go see your in-laws, you know, you, right. you, we all do all these things that we might not want to do. Well, why do you do them, right? Because because on some level, you, you have this, you know, motivation to do it because, you know, you have, okay, well, if I don't go to work, I'm not going to have money to pay my rent and I'm going to be evicted and all this other stuff. Right. So, so you have a purpose, you have a why, right? So I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this. So if your why and your purpose are great enough, then you don't need motivation. Right. So for me losing weight, you know, I, I, I was really goal oriented and I was, I knew that I needed to be 160 pounds based upon what I did in my twenties. Right. And I was, I was going to just keep going until I reached that goal. And, you know, you know, I, I knew how to get there at this point and I was just determined to do it. And, you know, I just, and what I said to myself was, all right, well, I just got to make sure that once I reach the goal, I just got to keep going. If I keep going, I'm not going to fall back into what I was doing before. Right. If I keep tracking my food, if I keep weighing myself every day, if I keep exercising, I'm not going to get fat again. You know, even if I gain five pounds, well, it's easier to lose five pounds and 50 pounds. So I can can get back on track in in a few weeks. Right. It's not going to be a big deal. So, you know, that became kind of my purpose, my why, and it was just to, to get healthier, you know, and, and but I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I recorded a video about this not too long ago. I think, you know, it's hard for people to, to sit down if you want to say, well, what's your purpose, right? And some yeah. most people, I think, like, I don't know, how right. am I supposed to know my purpose is? And, you know, I, I still don't necessarily know what my purpose is, but you don't need to know what your overall purpose on the planet is in order to have a sub purpose that serves you for a season of your life. Right. So Good point. for me from 2016 to 2017, my purpose was to lose weight. Right. And my purpose was to, to get into shape. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, lo- losing weight is not my purpose now, but that, that sub purpose, it served me and it served my overall purpose. Even if I didn't know what it, even if I still don't know what my overall purpose was, it moved me in the right direction. Hmm. Just like for me right now, training for Ironman Florida, right? This is, this is a large part of, of what my purpose is at the moment. Now, obviously this is just a race. I'm not going to win it. Right. And on some level, it's a really superficial kind of, kind of trivial thing. Right. You know, but you know, but this is moving me in the direction that I need to move in, in order to kind of serve my, my, my larger overall purpose. And and, and as I, as I I fulfill these sub purposes, as I move into that direction of my overall purpose, my, my, my purpose becomes clearer, you know, you know, I I start to, to, to figure these things out. So, you know, it's, it, I think it's good. It's great to, you know, make something your purpose. It doesn't have to be a permanent thing. It shouldn't be a permanent thing, probably if it's, you know, fat loss or something like that. But for that time being, great, make it your purpose. But then once you reach that goal, right, you, you can't stop. Enjoy it for a day or two, maybe, you know, but then you got to pick another goal and, and you got to keep working at it. Because if you don't do that, you're going to just get lazy again, get comfortable, right. and, and you're going to end up back in the situation you were in probably to start with. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the quickest way to wake up with a loss is if you sleep on a win. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, I've experienced that. Uh, myself too. I've, I've plateaued, and, and and I like how even when you're talking about it, I could hear in your voice and the conviction that you had. You didn't give yourself an option, like mentally and emotionally. Yeah. There there were no options. It was I'm doing this. I'm yeah. I'm going to get this done. And you know, and I would have I would have framed my prior weight loss. You know, I, I guess uh, you know successes and then ultimate you know gaining the weight back again for a long time, these things hung over me as failures. Mm. And I would look at them and I would say, man, you know, I had it in my grasp. I, I, I was, I, I was thin and I, I screwed up. I, I got fat again, you know, and I, I, I failed ultimately. Right. And you know, it's, it's kind of a public failure too, because everybody right. sees you lose yeah. weight. Everybody sees you, you get fat again, you know? Oh, wow. You look great. And yeah, then yeah, they see you again. Nobody pulled me aside and was like, Hey, what's going on? You're getting fat again, buddy. Right. You know, right. That, that conversation never happened. And if you have people in your life who say that, then, then they're a blessing, right? They're <laughs> looking out for you. But, you know, if you're surrounded by low energy people, they're going to kind of actually enjoy the fact that you're failing, but that's a whole other topic, right? But, you know, so, so I would, I, I would frame these as failures, but now I've come to understand their successes because they've led me to my ultimate success. And when I was losing weight in my mid thirties, I knew with certainty what I was doing. And I knew mm. with certainty, 
I was going to be successful at it because I had done it before and I knew exactly what I needed to do to do it. And again, you can see it in my weight loss graph. It just goes straight down because I knew exactly what I was doing. At this point, I was an expert at losing fat, right? And it was really more a question of getting the motivation and the energy to do it than, than the how to do it. So once I got started on it, I knew I was going to reach my goal and there was never a question of that. I love that. And um, I, I also love that you made the point to say that you don't know what your exact life purpose is right now. And, and you might not ever know. I think that's, that's pretty insightful. Um, I've, I've kind of come to terms with that too, realizing, you know, I'm, I'm never going to know exactly why I'm here. I don't, I don't think I, I even should know. I think uh, like you said, it's kind of naive to think that I would know at this very moment. And um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I don't because I think our why and our purpose is a living, breathing entity in and of itself. And, and like you said, what we're doing now is we, we have these different epochs of our life, different chapters that then add up to that more refined purpose yeah. um, as we age and as we get older. I mean, if you could fulfill your purpose this weekend, then, then what would the point right. be or the rest of your life, right? Like, so it's, you right. know, it, it almost has to, to, to be that way. Maybe when you're in your late 80s, it'll come to you and say, well, okay, this is my purpose, you know, but, you know, you know right now it's about, you know, living life and fulfilling these kind of smaller things that build to something larger. Do you, do you think um, a lot of what drove you to, I, I'm going to ask you about how you got into endurance sports, but do you think... Um, what drove you to that path was your curiosity in general? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I've always, I've always really been drawn to professional sports, you know, and I, I was a really big sports fan growing up. And I feel like looking back on it now, it gave me a sense of community, a sense of belonging, right. not to mention, you know, the, the, the energy associated with it. Right. You, you know, you, you go to the it's game. A, it's infectious. And, you know, and, and, you know, if you're a low energy person, like, you know, being in a high energy environment like that, it, it feels great, you know, and, and, you know, I don't want to necessarily speak too badly about it because it brought me a lot of joy at the time. And, you know, it was a big distraction too, but um, what, you know, really what I've come to enjoy about the endurance sports is, well, now instead of playing fantasy football, I get to manage a real athlete and that's right. me, right? So, so, you know, you know, training myself for these sports really is like my favorite hobby, you know, and it, it, it's what brings me, like you, know, you know, really a, a lot of joy in doing this. And if I were to hire a coach, I'm sure I'd get better results, but you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I do the Ironman in 12, hours or 14 hours right you know it's you know it's, it's just kind of a hobby thing and and i really enjoy training myself so you know you know i guess that speaks to my curiosity in wanting to learn how to do this and i'm i'm really looking forward you know to to the day on november 5th when i can say okay i've, I've coached myself from being nice. 250 pounds and completely unathletic to being an iron man right you know, yeah so that's, that's that, huge that that to me has been, been a lot of fun, you know, because, you know, even going back to being a kid, like I said, it was hard to get this information, um, you know, and you didn't, I didn't know how to get myself into shape and I didn't know how, how to be fit. And, you know, figuring that out along these years has really been such a rewarding journey for me because it's really solved kind of these questions that I've had for, for such a long time. Did you, did you um, like video games when you were younger? Yeah, uh, sure. So I was going to say, so do you view what you're doing right now? I feel like exactly what you said is how I view my fitness journey too. I'm, I'm gamifying my life. Yeah, I've, I, I've, it's the gamification of my health. I'm, you use data, right? I'm using mm -hmm. data to Im improve how I then, you know, recover or how I'm going to plan my next workout or what fuel I'm ingesting. So it is fun. It, you can make it enjoyable and fun. Yeah, definitely. There, there, there's so much with this, you know, and I mean, training for something like an Ironman, it's really just so all encompassing and there's so many different variables and th there's never going to be enough hours in the day for you to put in enough work, you know, or, you know, you know, there, there's always going to be something more for you to train, something f more for you to work at. And, you know, that's, right. that's, that's really part of, of, of the fun of it, you know, and, and, and it is kind of gamified and, you know, it's, it's kind of what I guess what I've done is I've figured out a way to make my obsessions sort of work for me rather yeah. than, than work against me or, or, or be neutral. Right. And just have it be something that brings me fulfillment, makes me physically healthier, you know, and, you know, you know, challenges me on a number of different levels. Um, so, so now how did you get into endurance sports? Was it from walking and you felt comfortable with walking and then you got comfortable with running and then 
it yeah, just no, compiled or not really. Uh, so, you know, after, after I lost the fat, I, you know, I started weightlifting and which I did in my twenties and I got really into powerlifting for, you know, I, I did, uh, Jim Wendler's program five, three, one for, for about two and nice. a half years. Uh, I didn't want to gain any weight. Right. So, you know, everybody talked about getting big and muscular. Right. And I, that was the last thing I wanted to do. I couldn't have cared less about that. I was, I didn't want to see the scale go up. Right. I didn't, I, I understand, you know, okay, muscle, you look better. I didn't care. Right. I was fat for my whole life. <laughs> and, and right then at that moment, if, you know, if I could be 160 pounds the rest of my life at that moment, I would have been the, the happiest guy in the world. Right. So I just, I monitored my weight really carefully and I lifted weights four times a week, you know, and I, I got pretty strong and, you know, I, I did some hill sprints once a week. I walked a lot. Right. So, you know, I, I was, I was decently athletic. Um, so you get to the, the spring of 2019 and I listened to David Goggins book. Can't hurt nice. me. Right. And, you know, right I, I, you know, it, it really, I guess, kind of stuck with me, um, you know, and then later that, that's that spring I had joined the town pool. Um, and, you know, I just kind of wanted to go and hang out, you know, and, and, you know, enjoy the weather, you know, I was finally in good shape. So I didn't mind, you know, taking my shirt off being at a pool. Um, and the first time I was at the pool, that, that there, there were some, some lanes open. And I remember, you know, I had swim lessons as a kid, but I never really did any swimming or anything like that, but I was comfortable in the water, you know, growing up in, New Jersey, going to the ocean all the time and, you know, going to the pool as a kid. So I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to swim a, you know, a few laps. I'm in good shape. Right. You know, that's good exercise. So I hopped in the water. I swam maybe like two, two laps or four laps. And I got my ass kicked because swimming is really hard if you're not in shape to do it. I, I didn't even have goggles at this point, but you know, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be at the pool all summer. Let me kind of stick with this. So I ordered some goggles and I just kind of started swimming, you know, and I would, I would swim some laps. And then after doing this for a few weeks, I had the idea, well, you should do a triathlon. And I'm wow, like, nice. I, I, you know, I didn't really know where it came from. Obviously it must have something to do with, with, with reading Goggins book, but I wasn't much of a runner. I mean, I had, I had, uh, I had, uh, you know, done sprints and stuff like that, but I, I didn't really have any running background. And I, I didn't think it was possible really for me to run more than five miles at this point. Mm. Uh, I, that, that just seemed impossible. And, uh, you know, I hadn't ridden a bike in 20 years, but, you know, I figured, Hey, you know, if I could deadlift over 300 pounds, if I could squat to 50, I'm sure, I'm sure I, I could get by on a bike for, for a bit, right. I'm in decent shape. I, I, I could figure this out. Um, so I found a, a triathlon down in Wildwood, New Jersey, which is right outside where my, my parents live actually. And it was in like six weeks. Um, and nice. I was, you know, so and I was like, well, maybe I should do this. And I'm, you know, I, I, I debated it for a little bit and, you know, for a while I was like, well, I'll just do it next year. Right. Because I, I'm not, I can't do this, you know, in, in August of this year, I'm, I'm nowhere near in shape for it. I just started swimming and I don't really do these these other activities. Um, but I, I said, you know what, if I say I'm going to do it next year, I'm never going to do it. So let me sign up for it. So I signed up for this, this, this triathlon I had 24 days of training. Um, I, I, 24 days out, I signed up for this and I signed up for the oh, Olympic distance rather than the sprint distance. Ooh. Because the sprint distance didn't really seem that daunting, right? It didn't, like, I I knew I could do the sprint distance, but the Olympic distance, it seemed a lot more challenging. And I I knew I wasn't going to do it fast, but I'm like, I want to do something that seems really hard. And it featured a a six tenths mile open ocean swim, uh, an 18 and a half mile bike ride, and then a five mile run. It turned out, turned out most of the run was, was, was actually on the beach in the sand, which I didn't realize at the time. Um, so I just, you know, I started, started riding the bike at the gym. I I, I borrowed a a bike from a coworker. It was like a hybrid mountain bike. It was two sizes too big, but you know, I, 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 I think I I did a couple training rides before this race. I I might've got like 15 miles at one point. Um, you know, and I just started doing more running. I, I could jog pretty easily at this point and, uh, I swam. So the, 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 the race came, um, I was, I spent the, the week down there and, you know, it was, it was a great week and I, I got comfortable in the ocean, you know, more comfortable in the ocean. I never really swam in the ocean, right. right. You just go in the ocean, you don't swim in it, but I was feeling okay. And then Friday, the day before the race, there's supposed to be a meeting and there's a downpour coming. Right. And there's a huge storm and it's, you know, it went from being like 88 degrees 
degrees to being like 65 degrees is at the end of August. And, and the race director is telling us, well, the, the winds have shifted. We haven't had the winds in this direction since March. The ocean is going to be 10 degrees colder now, right? Fantastic. Like it basically falls here. And, you know, I was, I was pretty scared, you know, because I, you know, I, I was in way over my head at this point, um, you know, because I was just hoping that I could finish this race. But the, the race came along and, you know, I say getting to the starting line of this race was my biggest victory mm. because this was so far out of my comfort zone. And this was something that like, you know, it was almost unfathomable. This is the first race I'm ever entering in my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to go running into the ocean. You, you see the buoy out in the distance. And I'm like, how am I even going to swim out to the buoy, let alone, you know, the whole distance, right? Like it seemed crazy. Um, I got through it somehow, you know, I, I didn't do well. I, I finished 28th out of 30 in my age group something like that um you know but it was it was great and i loved it and I, you know i was i was again it was one of those things where on one hand i felt euphoric that i finished right. but on the other hand i didn't really feel like i i put forth a good showing so i said well i want to stick with this and keep doing it and I, i've stuck with it and kept doing it so now did you feel like you could have put forth a better showing because you knew deep down that you could get better at this is that yeah, well, you know, I just remember like being on my bike and, you know, just I hadn't ridden the bike much, but I would see these like middle aged out of shape guys riding these $10,000 bikes just blowing right. past me. Right. And I'm like, come on, this isn't even fair, right? Like, 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 look at these guys. I'm a better athlete than this guy is. Right. You know, I, I, I know I, I can beat him, you know, and, you know, it was just it really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be just like a lot of these things aren't, um, you know, so, so I stuck with it. I did another shorter triathlon. I did a sprint one later, later that fall. And I, I did a lot better in it. Mm. Um, so I felt pretty good about myself. I bought a bike at this point. Right. You know, so I had a decent bike. Um, I challenged myself to run a half marathon, which, somehow I did that, you know, and that, that was great. That was the, the furthest run of my life at the time that, that I did it, you know, and, uh, you know, I really and you kind kept of, surprising yourself. I really kind of started to believe in myself more, you know, and, and like, wow, I, I can do these things that I don't think are possible for me to do, you know, like I, I can do these things. So I ended up signing up to do a, a half Ironman an Ironman 70.3. Um, and I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure that I could do it, but you know, I, I wanted to sign up for a shorter race, but I waited to, to sign up for it and it sold out. So there was an Ironman 70.3 that same weekend. And I said, I'm going to teach myself a lesson about procrastination. I'm going <laughs> to sign up and I'm going to do this. So I, you know, and that, that ended up being a 23 month journey because of, of COVID and all the, right. all the things that happened alongside of that. And, you know, I trained for that race from October, 2019, all the way to September of 2021. So I, I finally kind of crossed that finish line and, you know, ever, you know, ran a marathon in, in the middle there too, just, you know, because right. again, these things aren't as daunting as they once were. So it, it really wasn't anything I ever planned to do. It just kind of happened. I was going to say, so, so it seems like you literally would throw yourself out there, see if you survived, you would recognize that it wasn't as bad as what you might've initially anticipated came out the other side, euphoric that you're still alive, that you persevered. And now you're like, all right, that's, that's not that bad. I, I think I could keep throwing myself out there. And then I guess you continue to build on that. Yeah. You know, and it, I got an appreciation for how these things scale kind of, and like I said, I, I didn't think it was possible for me to run further than five miles. And once that's, I, that's did, an important point, you know, once I did it, you know, it's like, well, getting from mile zero to one is a lot harder than getting from mile one to two, which is a lot harder than getting from mile two to three. And then once you get to the point where you can pretty much run or jog five miles comfortably, you can pretty much run a lot further than that, you know, mm. as long as you've, you've built up the strength kind of to, to do it in your legs. It's just really a question at that point of moderating your effort, right. And, and right. Not, not, not over exerting yourself. So, you know, if you can run a half marathon, you can run a marathon, right. You can run a marathon, you can run an ultra marathon. It's really more about just putting the, like, like the training work in and going slower. So, you, you know, I, I got an idea of how these things kind of scale. And this is why, you know, now I'm training for a full distance Ironman, right. Whereas if you would have told me this years ago, I would have said you were absolutely crazy <laughs> that I could do something like this, but now it really doesn't even seem that intimidating to me because I have an appreciation and I, I have a belief in myself. Like, mm. you know, it's more a question of, do I want to do this 
rather than can I do this, right? Because I know on a deep level, I can do it at this point. It's more a question of, is it worth it? Do I want to put in, in the effort to, to, to do it and, you know, you know, you know, put in the work that that's required. That's awesome. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think that's the key point. I think um, that's how you, like you said, I'm sure in your life and in my life, I'm going to end up experiencing times when, when I'm not motivated. Um, but it seems like you've built up enough belief in yourself that even on days that you're not motivated, you could lean back on that belief and discipline and, um, still continue to push your train forward. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I really haven't been very motivated for this entire, I guess, Ironman training cycle. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just, you know, when is that Ironman? That's November, it's November the 5th. So, and um, what's, what's the full distance of an Ironman? It's 140.6 miles, so it's a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and then a 26.2-mile full marathon run. Damn. Um, you know, and I haven't been super motivated to do it, but I just – I show up. You know, it's – it's it, I've been training for triathlon for like four years now, you know, and it's it, – you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of, I guess, what they call like these amateur professionals at this point, you know, and it's just – I just show up and I do the work, right? I plan my training and I figure out what I'm going to do and I schedule when I'm going to do it. And then when the time comes, I show up and I do it, you know, and I put forth the best effort I have on the day and I execute the training plan to the best of my ability. And I just keep doing that. And, right. You know, it works. What's, what would you say is the number one lesson that you've learned from endurance sports or training for triathlons that you now can apply to your personal life? I mean, I guess it's just that you, you know, like you just don't have to, you just, if you keep going, you, you're going to get there, right? right? Like, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it in doesn't the word necessarily indoor. matter how, how fast you go, right? If you just keep going, you, you keep putting one foot in, in front of the other, you, you know, you'll, you'll get there, um, right. you know, and that's, that's kind of what I've learned, you know, and just, you know, I mean, what I did last summer was, you know, I, I really, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot. I had, I, I was working on growing my, my business last summer and I, you know, so I, I didn't really have a full-time job and I just, you know, I really kind of trained like crazy and I started mm-hmm. doing 13 to 15 sessions per week, you know, doing two a days out in the summer heat and stuff like that. And, you know, I was, I, I didn't think I would be capable of doing training like that. And I started doing it and I was like, wow, I'm doing this. And, you know, I'm getting into pretty good shape, you know, you know, like, you know, if you're out there doing three or four hours of cardio per day, every day, you get into pretty it. good shape, you know? So, you know, it, it was just, you know, all of this ends up being just, you know, doing things that I didn't really think I could do, you know, things that like, kind of seemed impossible. And now it's like, Oh, okay. Now, now you, you can do that. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty empowering feeling to, to, to realize, you know, that like, and I, I'll put it up on my whiteboard during really challenging cycling intervals. I can do anything I set my mind to, you know, mm. and, you know, you can make that, that bike trainer can be, you know, sometime, you know, I, I, once or twice a week, I do a workout on that bike trainer. That is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It feels like <laughs> You can just turn the resistance up so high and just, you know, make it so you just suffer, but you just, keep pedaling, you know, and you just keep going. And it's like, well, I, I, I can't keep it up. I've turned it down. I was like, all right, well, what if I just keep going? What if I don't turn it down? What if I just give it another 30 seconds? Just keep pedaling. Or what if I just give it, you know, to the end of this interval, right? I'll, I'll, I'll turn it down for the next interval. And you just, you keep doing it. And it's like, wow, you know, I actually can do this. You know, right. it, it hurts a lot and it's really unpleasant, but I can get through it and it makes me better. There's that, uh, there's that thing with endurance athletes or runners, or um, I have a couple long distance runners. And I think a triathlete or two that I trained jujitsu with, um, they're complete nightmares because they, yeah. they have that, that thing in their mind where they know that they could push through almost any wall that comes up and you could, you could feel it. You could feel it on them. They, they, they know what they're capable of uh, and they just have a discernment about them, about them that is clear. So I, yeah. I that, that's why I've always um, admired watching uh, you post your, your challenges and, and what you're doing. Cause I, I, I it's, it's hard work and yeah. it's, it's inspiring, but you know, it's more mental than, than, than physical really. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I, not to be self-deprecating, but I'm far from a, a great athlete at this point in my life. Right. I'm, 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 I'm about to turn 40. Right. You right. Know? And it's like, it's just, it's just being realistic, but you know, you just, you can just 
push yourself through it, you know, and it's more mental than physical recovery plays a huge part of it too, right? If you're going to do 13 to 15 sessions per week, you better really also be focused on, on recovering from those sessions and making sure that, you know, you're supporting your physical, your mental and your emotional health as much as you need to, in order to, to, to do that kind of work. But if I could do this, anybody can do this, right? right. You know, but it's taken me a long time to, to, to get here. But you know, I'm I'm gonna be one of the more unlikely Iron Men, you know, hopefully this November for sure. I'm I'm excited to watch. Um, one one question that I I've been liking to uh, to ask people um, to end it off. It's it's usually an off-topic question, but it's just something fun um, to end with. Um, do you believe in aliens? Uh. So I, I'll be honest. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I waffle on this really. Right. So, Same. um, part of me, you know, it was like, well, we might just be some kind of simulation. Right. And, you know, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it's, it's, I think there can be aliens. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know. And, but, you know, so I, I, I don't, I don't know enough about, from my perspective, I have no way of knowing. Um, and I guess that doesn't really answer if I believe in them or not. Um, I guess I would say yes, because, you know, I, I think it's, it's look, we're not, we're not a, as smart as we think we are. We're not as advanced as we think we are. Um, right. We are at all times, we are, you know, surrounded by intelligence here on earth that is greater than our own, whether we, whether people want to acknowledge that or not, it's Humble pretty belly. obvious. Yeah. If you have a certain perspective that there are, there is an intelligence that's much greater than a human intelligence that is active here on earth. Right. Um, so I think it would be very naive for us to think that there is no other intelligence in the universe greater than our own. But I also don't think that the aliens would would be as they're depicted in the mainstream media you know so i, I don't uh, know I that there's these i don't know that there's these these little green men running around or, right. or anything like that but i i do believe that there is there, there is forms of intelligence uh, out there that is much greater than than the human form of intelligence i i would i would tend to agree um yeah. I, I'm, I'm even more excited to see my future guests answers as time goes on um yeah. i've gotten a couple good ones so far but yeah, I would tend to agree that it's naive of us to think that we're the only form of living um, yeah. life. And, and I know that there's going to be some congressional hearings or something soon for aliens. And I, I don't think that's how we're going to answer this question. I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I'll, I don't I'll, think so. I'll, I'll put it that way. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, look, there's there's, you know, we're we're just, I think, very small parts of a much greater thing that us as humans, we don't have a good perspective on the overall picture. You know, we're just little points looking up and we can only see a tiny fraction of what's happening. So, right. um, I, you know, there, there's intelligence out there that's, that's, that's greater than our own. And, you know, I, I think on some level we're, we're still part of that as well. So hundred percent, Matt, thank you for uh, spending this time with me. Um, I, th I think we got a ton of gems in this. Yeah. Um, I think, I think people will be able to pull a lot from it. Um, I'm excited to do another one in the future, maybe around uh, the time of your Ironman. Maybe we could see how your training's going maybe before or after. Yeah. Um, and just see how you're doing it to check in. Definitely. Well, great talking to you. And uh, I'll love to come back anytime you'll have me. Yes, man. <laughs>